If everyone will please come in and be seated, we're ready to start. Good morning. Welcome to our main service this morning. We're going to sing this beautiful song. We haven't sang it for a while. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. It's written by John Peterson. He wrote the music as well as the words. And it says, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Yes, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Amen. Let's sing it with all our hearts today. All together. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend! He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy.
well so praise be to God for that at this time we're going to ask Sung to come up and open in a word of prayer and then we'll have another congregational song and then we'll have the message from the word good morning when Dean just asked me about just right before we sang asked me to pray I'm thinking a little advanced notice would have been nice and then you think about Dean he just uh, comes in preparing the whole message in a day of notice, so I feel ashamed. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this wonderful morning. We're so thankful that uh, you gathered us in this place to worship you and praise you for what you have done in our lives and on that cross. Uh, what a wonderful works as we share this morning during the breaking of bread. You loved each one of us equally and so dearly. Even when we were your enemies, you still loved us, and we just can't possibly fathom that love. And as we come to you this morning, we just give you our thanks and hearts. And as we come to you, uh, we pray that we help us to quiet our hearts to listen to the message that you've given us through Dean. He's such a wonderful servant of yours that he can always come in and pinch in and give us an entire message in a, such a short notice. What a blessing that we have, that we have Dean in our uh, amongst and. We also want to lift up glory to you that uh, you give her grace as uh, she bless us with the beautiful music. And as uh, we turn our days and uh, entire week again, we just ask that uh, our lives are exactly uh, the same that we show to you in this place as we go out to the world, Lord. And uh, always we have a focus on you in every hour of our lives. And we want to lift up all those people that couldn't make it here this morning. Uh, wherever they are, uh, which, whatever condition they're in, that we ask that you just uh, uh, be with them today. We love you for being our Savior and our God. Once again, we pray this in your name. Amen. And we love Sung and Heather, and they're going to have the next baby coming up. Baby Hunter will be coming. How many more weeks do you have on that? Two and a half more weeks, and then we'll have the third baby. And we know that Jean just gave birth yesterday, I believe it was at 4.37 a.m., I believe, uh, into the world, Paulina Cruz, 4 pounds, 8 ounces, 17 inches. And I got the, the email yesterday, and she's so beautiful, tiny, but beautiful. And pray that the Lord will raise her up to be a, a saved woman, a mighty woman of God, and that one day we'll see her up there, and she'll always remember, I'm a miracle baby. God brought me through it, small as I was. And as that song says, little is much when God is in it. So praise be to God. And let's pray for Gilbert, let's pray for Jean, let's pray for baby Paulina, that all will be well uh, for them. We'll have a few announcements, and then we'll get into our second song, and then the message from the Word. Tomorrow night, of course, choir practice will be at 6 o'clock. Please come for that. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. We'll be right around the corner with our Thanksgiving concert, and then Christmas not too far away either. Women's dinner will be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the fellowship room. Please see Sonia to sign up and pay your $10 for that. It's going to be a great dinner. Men's prayer meeting will be here in the sanctuary tomorrow night at 7.30. Wednesday night at 5 o'clock, the worship team will practice, and then choir practice will be at 6 o'clock. And then there will be video and dessert night. We love it. Adol calls it sweet night. Whatever you want to call it, it's a great night. We have a great video, and then we go back and share and have fellowship, which is even the best and then have these sweet treats. So there'll be really something to look forward to for Wednesday night. And then Thursday, there'll be the women's Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then the Friday groups. Also, don't forget on your calendars, on Wednesday evening, 
October 31st is our harvest festival over at the Danville Grange Hall. It's going to start at 6 o'clock. Gina organizes that. She'll have volunteers and everything working for that. So let's pray for that, and then let's all attend and get a real blessing from it. The kids will be dressing up as biblical characters and not these witches, ghosts, and goblins of this world. So thank be to God for our kids and how they're learning and growing. I said the church of the future, they are. And they're learning and they know so much from the scriptures. It is such a blessing. So let's pray for those kids too. At this time now we're going to do our second song, which is Make Me a Blessing. And that is the prayer that I have for each one of us this morning and, the, and for myself, uh, that God will cause us to be a blessing everywhere we go and that we will leave behind the blessing of Christ in our lives. It's make me a blessing.
wonderful playing. And these songs that are such a blessing to us. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Out of my life, let Jesus shine. Make me a blessing. Oh, Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. That's a great prayer when you get up in the morning is to say, Lord Jesus, make me a blessing today. Make me a blessing to someone who is unsaved today. Make me a blessing to a Christian today. Let me bring joy and cheer. And that's really what the message is that we're going to be looking at today, is that he will help us to be a blessing, that he will help us to be an example. Shall we just open in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you for the life we have in Christ. It's, it's not anything we have done to deserve it, but you have saved us by your pure grace, Lord. And we thank you that you went after us as that one lost sheep loved us and brought us back and saved us and gave us eternal life. And truly, Lord, we're so thankful. And we pray now that we would go out and be a blessing. Go out and be an example to the others around us, especially those who aren't saved and also your people, Lord. So we just commit this uh, message to you. We pray that you'll hide me behind the cross and that the words spoken today will be your words and you will touch our hearts and give us a portion that we can rejoice in today and be challenged with. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, you may not know it. You may not even desire it sometimes or think you're qualified to do it, but everyone is an example. Now, you can be a good example or you can be a bad example. We see it throughout Scripture, don't we? We see people who were bad examples. And we see them all the time. We had Saul. We have Judas. We have Samson when he got into trouble. And then Saul and all these different people. But we also see the good examples. Like David and Joshua and Caleb and so many others. Paul in the New Testament. And we want to be a good example. I know... It, I do, and I'm sure you do as well, and it's a challenge to us to be an example because people are looking at you. Kids are looking at us. Uh, people that we go to school with or work with are looking at us. They're looking at our example to hear our words and see the life that we live to see if we back it up by our lifestyle. And when the Apostle Paul wrote the word to Timothy, he was his son in the faith, and I think he loved Timothy maybe more than anybody else in, in the New Testament. He loved him. He brought him to the Lord, and he taught him, and he trained him, and then he took Timothy out with him. And then Timothy became a pastor, and Paul wrote the words to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, and I'm going to quote it from the New American Standard Bible that I learned it in originally a few years ago. It says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Wow. That really convicted me as I was thinking about this message. Lord, I'm an example. I have a responsibility to you to carry forth the gospel in my words and in my actions because I want to be a good example. The one thing the Lord Jesus taught, he said, don't be one who stumbles, even one of these little ones. Later on, Paul said, don't do anything that's going to uh, cause your brother to stumble. We don't want to do that. We want to be good examples. We want to be godly examples. And we have a responsibility, whether we're young kids or, or older folks, whatever it is, we have a responsibility. And the title of our message today is Being a Godly Example. Simple, but powerful, convicting. God wants us to be a godly example. And I know, and I know a fact is for sure, that there are people in this congregation today, in this audience today, that were one to Christ, not just because somebody shared the gospel with you, although that was needed, but they lived the gospel. You saw it in the way they handled themselves, the way they talked, the way they acted, the way they backed up their life, and so you started to say, there's something to this Christianity. There's got to be something to it because especially if somebody knows you before you're saved and then they see the change that only God can, can work in your life and he changed your life, he changed your heart, gave you a new life, now you're on display as an example. Sometimes it makes us a little afraid, but we shouldn't be afraid of it 
It's what the Lord has called us to do. We should seek to live Christ. And so we have to fill ourselves with the word of God. We have to pray and ask, Lord, make me a blessing today. Prepare me today to be a blessing to someone. And so we're going to look at this subject about being an example. It's a huge challenge and a huge responsibility to each one of us. When I think of those little kids as they grow up in our church, you know they're watching us adults and how we live our Christian lives, what we say and what we do. And it's making a big impact on them. We should never underestimate what a godly example can, can be in the lives of people. And so let's turn over in our Bibles now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 5 through 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we'll read verses 5 through 8 and ask that the Lord will cause us to be godly examples. Here Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, and I think he loved these, these Christians there at Thessalonica. You can just see it in the words, you can hear it. In his voice, he was so proud of them for their walk with the Lord and, and the things that they did. Verse 5 says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. And from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that you do not need to say anything. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You don't even need to say anything. Now, we do need to share with people. We do need to share the gospel, and words are needed, but you really... When your life backs it up and they see the love of Christ in you, they're going to be drawn to you. And it is a fact. It is a total fact. And who is our ultimate example that we follow in the scripture? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He left us an example. And the thing that really touched my life is when I thought about the example of Christ. Remember the day that right before he was going to the cross, he was in the upper room with the disciples and he got out a towel and he got out a basin of water and he got down and he started washing each one of those disciples' feet. That was a menial task. That was a task of the servants, of the slaves that they used to do. Jesus loved us so much as to show us an example that we should serve one another. And it says in the scriptures, it says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. And that's John 13, verses 14 and 16. Our Savior was an example of a servant, of a sacrificial servant who got down on his hands and knees and washed those dirty feet of those disciples. And he's saying to you, and he's saying to me, are you willing to do that kind of ministry for others? Are you willing to put yourself out, sacrifice, give, and, and give yourself as an example? And when we're willing to do that, the Lord really blesses us. And then there's another example over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 where the apostle Peter, who watched the Lord, remember, for three years of his earthly ministry, was with him all the time, and he talks about the suffering that we as Christians can go through in the trials, and then he says in verse 21, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Follow the example of Christ. As we follow the example of Christ, we will be example. And that's a beautiful verse. We studied it recently where, the, where we had in the scripture where Paul says, be followers of me as I am of Christ. He didn't say just be followers of me. He says, as I am of Christ. And that's the way we, we do it. We don't say, come and follow me to people out there in the world but we say, come and follow me to Christ. I will bring you to Christ. We have to live Christ's example. And today we're just going to look at three things. Number one, being followers of Christ. In order to be a godly example, you have to be a follower of Christ. Secondly, you have to be faithful before all people. And third, you have to be fruitful wherever you go. So may the Lord encourage us today 
to be followers of Christ. Remember when the Lord Jesus called his disciples, he just said it very, very briefly to them, follow me. They got up and followed. Levi, also known as Matthew, got up from the tax gatherer station and he followed Christ. Peter and Andrew were out fishing and, and they left the fishing nets and they followed Christ. And, and the sons of Zebedee, John and James, they left also their father and their business and everything they had accumulated in this world and they followed Christ. They followed him and he wants us to follow him also. And as we follow Christ, we will be a blessing to those around us. And that's what the Thessalonians did. In verse 6 it says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Romans and the people in the first century, they couldn't understand how you could persecute those Christians and, and put them in prison and you could feed them to the lions and you could do all those things to them. And yet still they grew and multiplied and they, and they rejoiced. That is not natural. That's not normal. That is from the Holy Spirit. That's from what God can do with us. He can make us examples so that in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our suffering, we can still rejoice. That will make, believe me, the biggest impact you can have when you see somebody suffering and going through hard times and you see they're still rejoicing. Now, they're not going around smiling and saying, oh, I broke my leg today, I'm so happy. No. But these trials work for our good and we can rejoice not in the trial itself but in the benefit, in the effect of it when he has his work in our lives. And that's what we want to do. You know, becoming a true Christian in the first century was not easy and it's still not easy today even though we don't have that same kind of persecution here in this country but in many countries of the world down in South America in the Middle East, in different places, there's a lot of persecution still going on. Christians are in prison. Many of them are even put to death. It costs something to be saved. It costs something to be a follower of Christ. And what we do as believers is we carry the moniker of Christ. We carry the name of Christ in us. Now, there's nothing wrong with, and I agree actually with doing these things, it's good to wear Christian t-shirts. It's good to wear Christian uh, have Christian bumper stickers and symbols on your car. It's good to wear Christian caps and so forth. But we have to wear Christ in our lives because if you put on the hat and you put on the t-shirt and you put on the fish symbol on your car and you don't live for Christ, people are going to say another hypocrite, another one who just doesn't measure up to what they say. If our words, do, if our words are up here and our life isn't down here, people are going to say, I'm not going to believe that. What good did it do you? You're not living it. It's a challenge to us. There's a baseball player. His name, he's with the Texas Rangers. And he's a Christian. Josh Hamilton. The man had a problem with alcohol. And he's a Christian. And he testifies for the Lord. And he slipped back. He slipped back. He fell, right, Dave? He fell back. And it just killed me. I said, here's a Christian, and now the, what, what is the world going to say? What are they going to say? But he got up, and he admitted it. And we as Christians are not going to be perfect, but what we have to do is we have to be an example. We don't want to let others down. We don't want to disappoint people that are trusting in us. We want to be those who live the Christian life and like the Thessalonians are followers of Christ and they say, we have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to be an example. So through affliction and persecution and even death, these Christians, these Thessalonica, Christians from Thessalonica, these Christians there, they live for the Holy Spirit and they had the joy. Yeah, there are many Christians today that talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And it does more damage, I believe, to the cause of Christ and to the church today if you have somebody that says they're a Christian and doesn't live it. They show a different example. It's a bad example, and it doesn't draw people to Christ whatsoever. He wants us to be followers of Christ. Before you can be a follower, before you can be a, a leader, you have to be a follower. And he wants us to be followers of him. There's a book, it's entitled None of These Diseases. It was written by a man named S.I. McMillan. And he tells the story of a young 
woman who wanted so bad to go to college. I mean, she wanted to go to college. And Adel always tells the young people, go to college, go to college. Well, she wanted to go. And so she got the application and she started going through and filling it out. And then she came to the question that says, are you a leader? Are you a leader? That's a tough question. Suppose the Lord asked us that, the question, are you a leader today? Well, she didn't feel, honestly, being honest and conscientious, that she could write that I'm a leader. So she put on the application blank, no. Just that, that's it. She didn't explain it or anything. She just says, no, I don't consider myself a leader. And when she returned that, on, that application, she was expecting the worst. They're probably not going to take me, right? They're not going to take me into the university and the college. I'm going to get a big letter that says you're not received. So she went out to the mailbox one day, and she got the letter. And you know, sometimes you're so excited to open it, but they're also afraid to open it, right? Because suppose they say no. Suppose it doesn't work. Well, this was how the letter came back to her. Dear applicant, a study of the application forms revealed this year our, col our college will have 1,452 new leaders. Okay, <laughs> 1,452 new leaders. Get this, we are accepting your application because we feel that with 1,452 new leaders, we need one follower. <laughs> At least one follower. <laughs> Can you imagine the joy of that girl getting a, 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 a... I put no on there and they're taking me, Mom. They're taking me, Dad. You know, we come to Christ as nothing, as sinners, and He makes us who... He wants us to be. He takes us. He says, if you'll be a follower, I'll make you a leader. If you'll follow me, and I'll make you a leader, and I'll make you a godly example. You can't do it in yourself. We can't. It's like the song that we sang this morning. Out of my life may Jesus shine. We want Jesus to shine. You know, at night, sometimes it's so dark, and you want to see, and you can't see out there. And there's one thing that helps you. It's that moon that moon, and that sometimes that moon is so bright you can, you can see, you can drive, you can do everything because that moon is so bright. Do you know the moon is totally dark? And the only reason we see it shining is because the sun is shining on that moon? We're like that. The only reason we shine for Jesus is because he shines on us so that we can shine on others. It's a big responsibility. It's all of him. It's all by his grace that he gives us this kind of example. The question for us today is, are we following Christ? Are we willing to be examples for him? But to be a follower of Christ, you have to be born again. You can say it this way, Christians' followers are not born, they're born again. Christian leaders are born again. And when he causes us to be born again, he gives us his life inside of us so that we can be a blessing to others. So that's the first step in being a godly example is you have to be a follower of Christ, willing to follow him wherever he leads us. Secondly, we need to be faithful before all the people. Paul tells this, the saints in verse 7, So you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. That little word all it makes all the, all the difference here because he's saying you have been a blessing to these others, all of them that are living in Achaia and in Macedonia. And so I got out my Bible map here yesterday when I was preparing the message and I was looking at that and I saw that Macedonia was to the north of Thessalonica by about 70 miles. That's a long outreach, isn't it? They had an effect on people not only in their own town, but 70 miles away. And then I looked at where Macedonia, uh, where Achaia was, that was to the south, maybe by about 150 miles. So their, their sphere of influence reached out to the north and to the south, and they were such a blessing, and Saul, Paul was so proud of them that their faith was far-reaching, their influence far-reaching, their example was there to others around them. And it reminded me of the scripture in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, before the Lord went back to heaven, he told his disciples that you are going to be my witnesses. 
And here's where, what it's going to be. He says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's quite an outreach, isn't it? That's quite a testimony. That's quite a blessing. Starting in Jerusalem, then branching out to Judea, which is further away, to the whole region, and then to Samaria, which is where all the enemies of the Jews live. Your, your influence can even go there. And then it's going to reach to the outer parts of the world. Can you imagine the early Christians in the day? They said, how are we going to win the whole world? We're just in this small little area here. But when the Lord is in it, Little as much when God is in it, and the gospel did spread to the whole world, and we're examples of it here in the United States because the gospel came all the way from Jerusalem, all the way from Judea and Samaria, and, and it reached us here today, and praise be to God that it's going to reach out further too, but we have to be examples to take it to other people. You know, Jesus says, I mean, it reminds us that Jerusalem is like our homes and our neighborhoods, the people that know us best that are closest to us are in our Jerusalem. And then when it's a little further away, we have Judea. That's where we work and maybe shop and, and go places. And then Samaria is further out where people are hurting, maybe even our enemies. You know, it's hard to witness to somebody who yells at you or hates you or does things behind your back. But that's what the Lord says. He says, love even your enemies and be an example even to your enemies. And what a powerful effect it will be. The Lord says, what kind of an example are you? What kind of example am I? And I thought about it and I said, he wants me to be an example of genuine love and care for people. He wants me to be an example of true faith and commitment to Christ and his church. He wants me to be an example of willing obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants me to be an example of unselfish sacrifice and service to others. He wants me to be an example of boldness and courage and standing for the truth and speaking for the Lord. He wants us to be consistent in everything we do and of separating from the world. You know, we're studying separation in the world from the world in our scripture memory class. Please come to this class. Even if you don't do your verse, come. Because this subject of separation is what the Christian life is about. We have to separate ourselves from the world in order to be a godly example to them. You can't live like the world and accept to win them to Christ. You cannot. We have to be separated, yet we have to show the love. We hate the sin, but we love the sinner, and that's what it's about. And we can make a difference that way. You know, it's a great challenge to be a role model today, to be an example today. And we've seen the headlines of many athletes that were such star performers, that they were making millions of dollars, winning championships, and just on top of the world, and then all of a sudden, some dirt came out about them. Some things happened in their, in their life where they fell, and it disappointed so many people. Kobe Bryant, he's back now, and people don't remember what happened to him up in Colorado, and he was involved in some, in some bad things. And then Tiger Woods, that story has been written about and talked about. We know about Tiger Woods. He's back on the tour and so forth, but he let a lot of people down, a lot of fans down, a lot of kids down. Melky Cabrera, here's one for the, I know the kids love the Giants in our church. A lot of them do. And Melky Cabrera was leading the National League in hitting this year, leading the league. And then all of a sudden, his sample of his drug sample came back. He tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. And baseball now has gotten tough on that because they've made a 50-game suspension for that. 50 games. So it cost him money. It cost him being able to play with his teammates. And then when it came time for the playoffs, the manager didn't put him on the roster, even though that 50-game suspension was up. Cost him a lot. Cost him a lot. And if you're a bad example, it's going to be very costly to you. Very costly. But on the other hand, when you have godly examples, like a Tim Tebow, quarterback of the Jets, or Jeremy Lin, who plays guard now for the Houston Rockets, when you have something like that, where people are sharing Christ and they're living a godly life, that makes an impact on the team. And I cannot wait to see one day, one of these young men get a chance to win a championship and get up and testify for Christ. Because they will, especially Tebow. I can guarantee he, he already does it now. Even when he loses, he has a great testimony for the Lord. 
So he wants us to be godly people, to all people, whether in Macedonia or Achaia, wherever we go, to be a godly example. And then third and finally, we need to be fruitful everywhere we go. He says in verse 8, For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Paul was impressed by their lives. And he said earlier in verse 3, if you look at it, Ed can put up verse 3 from the chapter. Because this was really an impressive kind of life these, these Christians were living. It says in verse 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God, our Savior. Our example is powerful, especially when we have an example of love and faith and hope. It will be a great blessing. Never underestimate that you can be a great blessing. A story is told, one Sunday morning in 1865, a black man entered a fashionable church in Richmond, Virginia. Now remember, the Civil War had just ended not long ago. When communion was served, he walked down the aisle and knelt at the altar. A rustle of resentment swept across the congregation. How dare he? There's one common communion cup for us here. What is he doing? And there, and there was a hush and a silence through the audience. All of a sudden, a man got up. His name, Robert E. Lee. He got up went down to where that man was and knelt down with that black man in that church. Soon, everybody started coming, one after the other after the other. Example, he was the leader of the Confederacy, but he was a Christian. And now the war is over and he says, let's, let's heal, let's reconcile, let's not put him out. And here's a person who, who loves the Lord, let's get down and share with him. Powerful. Example is powerful when it's an example for Christ. It's personal, it's powerful, and it's productive. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. He's the prince of preachers, and he had a very good quote on being an example. He said, a man's life is always more forceful than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. In his life, if his life and his doctrine disagree, the mass of onlookers accept his practice and reject his preaching. I thought that was powerful too. What we say, pennies. What we do, dollars. Because if we don't back up those, those words, like I said, it's not going to be a powerful example. But when we do back them up, it is going to be a great example. Now, I praise God for each one of the parents here and grandparents here that are living a godly Christian example before your kids. One day when you get to heaven, you're going to be rewarded for that. You're going to be rewarded for how you trained them and raised them and taught them and brought them to church. And you're going to get a big, big crown. They did a study a few years ago, and the study disclosed that if mom and dad both attend church regularly, 72% of their children will remain faithful. 72%. If only dad goes to church, 55% remain faithful. If only mom goes to church, 15% remain faithful. If neither attend, only 6% remain faithful. Yes, these statistics speak of the fact that we as Christians, as parents, as adults, have a great factor, or a great factor in their coming to the Lord and standing for Him. The, the writer goes on to say, the examples of parents and adults is more important than all the efforts of church and Sunday school. What an awesome privilege we have to be example, and what an awesome responsibility we have to be godly example. And if we do that, the Lord will really bless us. Now, I love the story of this. How many have heard of Hudson Taylor, the great missionary of China? He was one of the first, right? He went over there. He became Chinese. He dressed like the Chinese. He spoke Chinese. He, he had a tremendous testimony. He won souls to Christ. They had a mission called the Pacific Inland Mission, and it's still in existence today, started by one man, Hudson Taylor. Well, one day a few years ago, the communist government of China... 
I don't like the government of China, I'm sorry, but the communist government of China commissioned an author to write a biography of Hudson Taylor with the purpose of distorting the facts and presenting him in a bad light. Can you imagine that? The government says, okay, we want you to write the story of Hudson Taylor, but don't tell it the way it really is. Distort it. Make it the, and, and, and giving that person that mission, that, uh, that uh, job to do that. They wanted to discredit the name of this consecrated missionary of the gospel. Can you imagine that? But as the author was doing his research, he was increasingly impressed by Taylor's saintly character and godly life. And he found it extremely difficult to carry out his assigned task with a clear conscience. Here's the key. Eventually, at the risk of losing his life, he laid aside his pen. I'm not doing this. He laid aside his pen, renounced his atheism, and received Jesus as his personal Savior. Here was a man, Hudson Taylor, who lived so many years ago, but his testimony, his example, his testimony and witness saved that man. That man says, I can't write these bad things about Hudson Taylor. It's not true. This man was a godly man. He won these Chi the Chinese for Christ. He did good for our people. I can't write bad things about him. You know, people see our example. They hear our example, and they want to see whether it is a good example, but it makes a great impression. So may the Lord help us today to be followers of Christ, to follow him wherever he leads us, to do whatever he asks us to do, to be obedient. And as we follow him, we ask him, Lord, make me an example. Make me a leader among people. Help me to be a blessing to others. And help us to be faithful before all the people, not just our friends, not just before Christians we meet on Sunday and Monday and Wednesday night. No, not just that. We have to be a godly example to the boss on Monday morning and, and to the secretaries and the people we work with and the people at school. And It's tough. It's tough out there, young people. It's tough, everybody. But we have to stand and we have to be an example and the Lord will give us the help to do it. And when we do that, it'll make a powerful impression on people. Yes, it's a great privilege and it's a great responsibility to be a godly example, to be light and to be salt in this world. And the Lord will help us. May the Lord help us to be fruitful, to be fruitful, godly examples to our kids, to our families, to our co-workers, to our neighbors, to our bosses, our friends, and everyone we come into contact with. By showing the love of Christ, it will win them to Christ. When they see our example and they see this person is really living the Christian life. We may not agree with them. They may not agree with us, but they will, they will be affected by our example. May the Lord help us to be a godly example. Shall we just pray? Father, we're so thankful for this message today. It's challenging. It's convicting, Lord. We're examples. Our lives are on display. And it is a big responsibility. It's a huge responsibility, Lord. Help us to be godly examples every day of our life 24-7. Not that we'll ever say, uh, I'm going to take a day off today. I'm not going to be a good example. No, we have to be a good example every day, Lord. Please give us the grace to do it, the help that we need to shine for you like the moon that is, is shined on by the sun, Lord. Help us to be those that you shine on so that we can be a blessing to others. And Lord... Just help us to be godly examples. We thank you in our church, Lord, for so many godly examples. We thank you for Adel and Sylvia, and we thank you for Bill and Mike, and we thank you for our deacons, and we thank you for those who teach us in our Sunday school. We thank you for those, Lord, who serve. So many godly examples, Lord. And even though a person says, well, who am I? I'm just a Christian. I don't have any of these public ministries, but all of us can be examples. All of us can be a blessing for Christ. And so we pray you'll dismiss us with your blessing, Lord. Help us to be channels of blessing to others today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.